This is Pastor Nathaniel, and you're listening to the Edit Talk for the Eddie Walk Podcast. Here you'll find messages meant to edify and encourage God's people in the maturity, purity, and unity that comes from following Christ. From devotional thoughts to sermons from our Sunday morning services, my prayer is that the time you spend listening to this podcast will help you grow closer to our Lord and also lead you to loving others like He loves us. Let's get right to it. Happy New Year. Thank you. I don't know if I've been happier to see a new year. I came across a great quote this week. One that really puts things in perspective. Are you ready for it? Succeeding in what doesn't matter is actually failure. That really struck me this week. And that begs the question, what matters? People chase down money like it matters. People collect possessions like they matter. Sadly, people sacrifice to these gods all the time. Sacrifice relationships, whether with their family or their relationship with God. People pursue fame, power, and they go after all that stuff only to find that once they get what they think will give them happiness, they're still empty inside. Those earthly victories are shallow. Because what people really need is the Lord. I mean, we may pursue everything in this life. We may gain the whole world, but what happens to our soul? So, what truly matters? People. What brings true success? Eternal victories. Salvation of souls, lives changed and transformed by the power of God. That's the stuff of eternal significance. That's true success, eternal victories. In case you missed it on Christmas Eve, the reason we have Christmas is because God loves people. Jesus came so we can be saved from our sins. And he wants as many as would believe to believe and be saved. That's why Jesus commanded us to go and make disciples. And if we're going to go and make disciples, people are going to have to be told who Jesus is. That, folks, is evangelism. But, but evangelism 
That means I would have to talk to people about my faith. And you know what? I think if we're honest, we all may deal with a little fear when it comes to that. Fear that we might say the wrong thing. Or we might offend somebody. Or we're worried about what people might think. Well, they're one of those crazy holy rollers, Bible thumper, Nazarenes. Can I make something extremely clear this morning? There is no need to be afraid. Jesus didn't say, go and be good salesmen. We don't have to be salespeople. We just have to be His people. And let me share with you an encouraging thought I heard this week. The reality is that when we go, when we evangelize, we're already joining Jesus where He already is. It's pretty cool, isn't it? We can't go where God is already not there. He is already active and present in the world. And we can trust that His Holy Spirit is all... He's already working in the hearts and lives of those around us. They might not know it yet, but we know it, don't we? We know that's how God works. That's the grace that goes before So the next few weeks, for the month of January, we're going to talk about the four E's of evangelism. And you might be thinking, Nathaniel, I looked at my new 21 calendar this morning and I saw five Sundays. Well, there's four messages about the E's of evangelism and the fifth Sunday will be devoted to tying in a hymn with the, the message. So starting today and the next three weeks after that, the four E's of evangelism. How about another quote? I'll, I'll say this one twice because it's so good. How we present the gospel grows out of who we are. Dave Sharps, the former district superintendent of our upstate district church in the Nazarene, he said that. How we present the gospel grows out of who we are. And guess what? We're all different, aren't we? So you're not going to present the gospel like me. I'm not going to present the gospel like you. In fact, we're all different spots in our relationship with God. In fact, we all bring different things to the table because we're different parts of the body. So hopefully that also takes a little pressure off of you having to feel that pressure of being a salesperson. That's not our role. How we present the gospel grows out of who we are. And I'm going to add to Dave Sharp's quote. and how we interact with others in our relationship with them. I want to read to you 
from 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Right away, we're going to see the first E of evangelism. Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. Man, I hope you've been able to hop on Right Now Media and watch The Contrarian's Guide to Knowing God because the Lord put it together. That just ties in with what this message in the next few weeks, what it's about. You know, oftentimes we look at other people's walk with God or other people try to project their gifts on us, but we're all different. And He can use us the way He created us to reach others. He's God. So, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, the first E Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. And I trust that you will discover that we have not failed the test. Now we pray. We pray to God that you will not do anything wrong. Not that people will see that we have stood the test, but that you will do what is right even when it may seem you have failed. For we cannot do anything against the truth, but only for the truth. We are glad whenever we are weak, but you are strong. And our prayer is for your perfection. That is why I write these things when I am absent, that when I'm with you, when I come to you, I might not be as harsh in the use of my authority, the authority the Lord gave me for building you up, not for tearing you down. Finally, brothers and sisters, goodbye. Aim for perfection. Listen to my appeal. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Isn't that a wonderful promise? The first E of evangelism, examine. If we're going to be successful in engaging our world for Christ, we have to first make sure that we are right with God. We must examine ourselves. And you know when I say examine ourselves, we don't examine ourselves by ourselves. We examine ourselves and allow the Lord to search us, find any offensive way in us. What did Paul say in verse 5? Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Man, that's just what we needed right at the beginning of the new year, huh? A test. But it's something Paul prescribed regularly and the Bible prescribes. Check in. Paul talks about it first when he's writing the Corinthian church. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Verse 28. 
He's given the people instructions on communion. And what does he encourage them to do in verse 28 of 1 Corinthians 11? A person ought to examine themselves before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. All right, we're going back to Lamentations. Chapter 3, verse 40. Jeremiah writes this, Let us examine our ways and test them, and let us return to God. i got to make clear, A person may believe in God, but that's not enough. Even the demons believe. That's what Jesus' brother said in James chapter 2, verse 19. We have to believe it, and out of love for Him, live like we believe it, because we believe it but we don't live like we believe it in our own power. Paul puts it like this in Titus. Titus chapter 2 Let me read to you verses 11 and 12. Again, I hope this takes a little pressure off of you. Because he's there. He gives us the power. Titus 2, verse 11. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and live Did it say we teach ourselves to do this? No, it didn't. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age. Yeah, but you know what happens? It happens to me. If this doesn't happen to you, well, well, let's be honest. When I examine myself and ask the Lord to search me, sometimes it doesn't feel good. Because then I see my failures. But I think Paul anticipated that because what does he tell us to do when we examine ourselves? Go back to 2 Corinthians 13.5. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Isn't that a wonderful reminder? He is in us. 
I heard a preacher this week who was given some advice about talking to people who are discouraged in their walk. And he said, I like to ask people this. Have you been living perfectly for Jesus? And then there's that awkward silence. We can't do that, can we? Then he'd ask, well, have you at least been giving your best for Jesus? And there's still some conviction when you answer that. (laughs) Because we feel like we can always do better. And he said, this is the question that matters most. He asked those other two questions first just so people would take some pressure off themselves. And that third question he asked, he said, do you have an inkling of love for Jesus in your heart? If you do, you've got a starting point. You're good. Trust Christ in you. Paul puts it like this in Romans chapter 8. Verse 9. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of God, Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you... He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life. Do you hear that? He will give you life. He didn't say, I may give you life. Uh, He will give us life to our mortal bodies through the Spirit who lives in us. So examine ourselves. Sometimes when we examine ourselves, it doesn't feel so good. When it doesn't feel good, trust in Him. And trust in the work that He's doing in and through you. And you know, one sure way to stay feeling good is to stay away from the bad stuff. That makes sense, doesn't it? Go back to 2 Corinthians chapter five, or chapter 13, verse 5. Through seven. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. And I trust that you will discover that we have not failed the test. Now we pray. We pray to God that you will not do anything wrong. You know, Paul's Paul, right? My goodness. He wrote 13 books of the New Testament. The first missionary. Good luck finding an argument for anyone else who had, besides Jesus, quite an impact on the church. An impact greater than Paul. But guess what? Sometimes Paul was afraid. We see he was afraid if we just go one chapter back. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 
verse 20, he says this, For I am afraid that when I come... It's kind of the reason why he wrote the letter. He was giving the folks, the church in Corinth, a heads up. Hey, I'm coming. You better straighten up. You read 1 Corinthians and guess, guess what... Guess what the church in 1 Corinthians, the church in 2 Corinthians, the church in Corinth, guess what they had in it? People. They had issues. Sexual immorality. Things were bad. Division among one another. It was ugly. Then they were getting false teachers in the church and Paul's going to come to him, and before he comes, he writes this, verse 20 of 2 Corinthians 12. For I am afraid that when I come, I may not find you as I want you to be, and you may not find me as you want me to be. I fear that there may be quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, factions, slander, Gossip, arrogance, and disorder. A lot of wrong stuff there, huh? He goes on to say, I am afraid that when I come again, my God will humble me before you, and I'll be grieved over many who have sinned earlier and have not repented of the impurity, sexual sin, and debauchery in which they have indulged. I think that's a fear for a lot of pastors. So to help me with my fear this morning, I give you permission to hate. Wait a second. I wasn't allowed to watch a Smurf when I was a kid because there was Haiti Smurf. And we're not supposed to hate. But you have permission to hate. Not hate people. Let me tell you what to hate. Actually, let me let Paul tell you what to hate. Romans chapter 12, verse 9. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. That's what you can hate. Hate what is evil. Hate that stuff that's wrong. 1 Thessalonians 5.22, Paul puts it like this. Avoid every kind of evil. Hate that stuff. How about we hear from another pastor? Peter, 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 9 through 11. Bonus verse 8 through 11. Finally, all of you live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic, love as brothers and sisters, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing. Because this, this you were called to so that you may inherit the blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. He must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. 
So to wrap things up, examine yourselves. We must examine ourselves. So what if we fail the examination? That's the whole reason Paul wrote this letter. So if we find that we failed the examination, we would seek grace. You know, God never gives up on us. He will never give up on us. And Paul knew that. And he wanted those false teachers, those who were sleeping around with one another, he wanted them to repent and be restored. If they failed the examination, that's okay because there is still grace for them. What's not okay is when we fail, when we ignore that conviction of the Holy Spirit, when we ignore that evil we know we're involved in. And you know what happens when we ignore all that stuff? Our heart gets harder and harder and harder towards God. And then we become ineffective in our witness. And that's a pretty poor evangelist. You see why spiritual self-examination is so important, so vital to who we are and how we live for Him? So would you bow your heads with me? Lord, I thank You for Your grace. And I thank you for this love letter we spent some time in this morning. Lord, you know what matters. And you know that souls matter. Each and every soul in this sanctuary this morning, each and every soul online, each and every soul at the Dollar General, the Food Mart, each and every soul will encounter this week wherever we go. They all matter to you. And Lord, I thank You. I thank You for the grace that You extend to us. Lord, we know we're not perfect. And Lord, even though we fully submit and yield our lives to You, we know that we're still human. And when we examine ourselves, it can be discouraging. But help us, Lord, to not be discouraged but the trust in You and the life that You live in and through us. And Lord, I, I pray that You help us as we examine ourselves. What are we giving our life to? Who are we living for? What are we searching for? Lord, is there any evil that I'm holding on to or any evil that I'm letting hold on to me? Lord, give us the strength by the power of Your Spirit in us to renounce those things and live for You. And Lord, I thank You for how when we live for You, 
and allow you to transform us. Lord, I just praise you for how we'll present the gospel because we're growing in you. And I thank you for how others around us will notice. And when crisis comes, those people will say, will you pray for me? Can I get your help? So Lord bless each of us in our walk with you individually and the different gifts that you gave us. And bless us in our walk with you as our church. May we represent you well, Lord. So that you may have all the glory. So that Christ may be lifted up and you may draw people to you. Lord, I love you and thank you for your word. Bless each of us this day and the rest of of the week ahead. And God, I pray all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If this podcast is helpful to you, please rate us on iTunes or like our page, Springwater Church the Nazarene, on Facebook. Have a great day and Lord bless.